This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. The CDC noted yesterday that around 39.7 million people in the U.S. have received at least one dose of coronavirus vaccine, and about 15 million of those are fully vaccinated. And the news of the Biden administration upping the amount of vaccines that will be sent to states is obviously welcome news. So what is the state of the overall process right now? Allison Buttenheim is a public health researcher and behavioral epidemiologist with the Leonard Davis Institute for Health Economics at the University of Pennsylvania. She's also part of the University of Pennsylvania School of Nursing and the Perelman School of Medicine, and she is following this very closely right now. Allison, great to have you back with us. Hope you're well. Thank you. I'm doing very well. Thank you. So it seems like the process of getting the vaccinations done is going better, but we're still very much with a long way to go here right now. That sounds like a great characterization. I mean, we're in a better place than we were in mid-December or mid-January. A lot of, you know, details still to be worked out. And I know a lot of frustrating people refreshing, refreshing, refreshing on the all the different websites to try to find appointments. So the availability of vaccines, uh, I guess, is is part of the issue that's still coming up. You have a wide range of issues to get them to everyone. Use Philadelphia as an example. The city health commissioner says that vaccines should reach all Philadelphians by July. That's obviously still a few months from now. But, you know, reaching all Philadelphians and having everybody vaccinated with two shots or, or one shot if it ends up being a J and J's if they get a, uh, get into the mix, uh, there's still a, a lot that has to occur at this point. Absolutely. I mean, we so uh, you know I've had a lot of questions over the past couple months about why we don't just have a centralized federal you know CDC way of doing this, and the reason we don't is that we for decades have had a, a more decentralized system where we have 64 different jurisdictions, all of the U.S. states plus several cities, including Philadelphia, and territories and tribal authorities are their own vaccine distribution jurisdictions. And while they can get allocations of vaccine from the federal government and while they can get guidance and recommendations like who should be prioritized, they really make their own local decisions about priority, about who will be doing the actual vaccinating. So it looks like this crazy sort of patchwork of of everybody doing things differently. I think that's actually a plus. Um, Mm -hmm. because, you know, states and cities are really different from each other. And if one, you know, one state has a really great network of independent pharmacies like West Virginia and they want to leverage that, that's great. If other entities have, you know, community-based organizations or faith-based organizations or large health systems that should be doing the vaccinating, you know, there should be the flexibility to do that. So where do you think then potentially we might be, let's say, by the fall of next year. And I'm, you know, as a dad of three Mm. kids, I'm thinking about, you know, what it's going to be like for the next school year, you know, and I think a lot of parents are thinking about that right now. (laughs) I think they're thinking about nothing but, yeah. Um, You know, I, uh, nobody has a crystal ball, um, not even president Biden, but uh, the fact that he can say with confidence that, you know, everybody who wants to be vaccinated should be fully vaccinated by July is great. Um, We obviously don't have a pediatric vaccine yet. So I think that's a big question mark. And of course, that issue of, you know, everybody who wants to get it. So we're not expecting to get 100% of everyone in the U.S. vaccinated. We don't need to to get to herd immunity. And, you know, I've studied vaccine hesitancy and vaccine acceptance for a long time. 
Um, this is going to be a vaccine where a bunch of people are going to, you know, sit it out or at least wait for a while before they're ready to go. So the pace at which we get to some herd immunity amount that, you know, Dr. Fauci says might be 70 percent or 80 percent, that's going to depend both on supply and on demand, on people saying, yep, yep, I'm ready to go. How much then should should the public also be thinking about the elements of the different strains of coronavirus that we hear that have popped up uh, here in the U.S. recently? Yeah, it does, it does sound like worrisome news, I know. And it does, in in my book, make us, you know, like the, the faster we can move to get people vaccinated, the, the quicker we can sort of close the door on um, on those different strains, um, you know, sort of taking over in terms of our incidents. The good news is, you know, we have multiple vaccine technologies that are being approved. We, you know, we have the mRNA vaccines and some other technologies are coming down the pipeline. Uh, and, you know, the, the scientists and the immunologists and the virologists know how to update those vaccines to accommodate the strain. So, you know, some people are painting a picture of COVID vaccination being an annual event, like flu vaccine. And like the flu vaccine, an updated version each year to accommodate, you know, the, 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 the dominant strain. So it's, you know, it's something to worry about. We are seeing cases drop in the U.S. actually quite steeply, which yeah. is very exciting. Um, but we want to make sure that the vaccine program can continue to kind of beat out those new variants. And we want to make sure that people are keeping up with, you don't want to hear it anymore, but keeping up with the masking and the distancing while we get to that herd immunity threshold. Is the and this I know this is an area that you have looked at as well. Is the distribution of the vaccines being done fairly at this point? That's a uh, you know it's a, it's a big question. So distribution you know can mean a bunch of different things along that cascade. So are we is every jurisdiction getting sort of a fair amount of vaccine? Pretty much, we're doing those allocations mostly at a sort of pro rata population basis. Sure. And then what does the jurisdiction do within the, within the jurisdiction once they get the vaccine? That's a big debate. It's a debate about science and epidemiology, and it's a debate about values and priorities. And there are different states are handling this in different ways. So, you know, one way is to say, you know, older people get, you know, much more sick and are much more likely to die from, from COVID. Let's make sure they get vaccinated first. You know, most, most places agree on that after you've finished getting your healthcare workers vaccinated. Yeah. But what about people with chronic medical conditions? And of course, lower income, some race ethnic groups are overrepresented in those, in those groups that have chronic medical conditions. What about just people in zip codes or cities or census tracts? that are more disadvantaged and more vulnerable. Um, some states and, and cities have said that's how we're going to allocate vaccine. Um, all of those are, you know, those are all tough calls, but there is, there's, you know, there is science and there is values underlying that. Um, and, you know, for now, right now, we know that more, you know, white Americans have been vaccinated than black Americans and at, at a per capita basis. You know, we'd like to close those gaps. We would like to see that there isn't um, that sort of racial disparity in vaccine coverage. Jurisdictions are going to have to be really intentional um, and really purposeful about vaccine programs that avoid and close those gaps. Allison Buttenheim uh, of the University of Pennsylvania joining us on the line right now. And I find that this very interesting. And being here in Philadelphia, obviously, we know the dynamics of uh, of. Uh, the people that may be able to get the vaccine, maybe the people that have not been able to get the vaccine to this point. And it, it is 
it is kind of an interesting process to see how it plays out when you're talking about the city government and the health community. And, you know, there are so many different uh, kind of pieces to the puzzle to be able to try and make this work. Absolutely. And I know what that means is that people end up sort of confused and, you know, rumors fly. I had the experience a few weeks back of trying to get appointments for my parents and my in-laws in two different states and, you know, lots of different websites. Um, You know, the goal, for example, for the Philadelphia Department of Public Health is to think about, you know, we have a priority scheme. We have 1A, 1B, 1C, and we've actually tiered those priorities within those each of those of those groups who you know who are the providers who are the best people um, to reach those populations in order who can do it efficiently and can do it equitably so we have a great I think I'll, I can use the patchwork word again we have health systems like Penn and Jefferson that are doing vaccination yeah. um, we have you know now this the CDC is going to be sending vaccine doses directly to pharmacies like Walgreens and CVS and also to federally qualified health centers, FQHCs. And that'll be additional doses beyond what Philly gets for its allocation. So that's great news. And, you know, how CVS and Walgreens roll out is going to look one way and how federally qualified health centers, which serve really vulnerable populations, how they reach their, um, you know, their their clients and, and patients is going to look different. Um, so we, we also have amazing community-based organizations in right. Philly. So Black Doctors COVID-19 Consortium that's led by Dr. Ayla Stanford, who was doing tons of testing in the summer, has also now added vaccination clinics at um, large churches in sort of outlying non-center city areas of Philadelphia. Um, and they're reaching, you know, another population that really trusts Black Doctors COVID Consortium um, is willing to go to those locations and, you know, those churches and familiar places, maybe more than they're willing to come into Center City and go to the convention center. So it really has to be a tailored approach that, you know, meets people where they are, that makes makes it really easy to find out where to go, figure out how to sign up figure out how to sign up if you don't have a computer and don't don't navigate the web and don't have a smartphone, um, because not everybody has that. So... do we have enough then personnel or, or options kind of in the pipeline right now to be able to do all of the needed vaccinations? Or are we still looking for ways to add more? You mentioned obviously about adding the CVSs and the Wal- Walgreens uh, a- as an option, but are there still avenues that we need to go down to think about, you know, expanding this even farther? Yeah, and I mean, every jurisdiction is facing different kinds of constraints. So I know, you know Alabama, for example, has been saying they actually don't have the person power. They don't have the nurses and doctors and EMS staff to get right. vaccine and arms. Right. That's somewhere where, you know, a federal program, if that's, you know, National Guard or the, you know, Uniform Public Health Service or, you know, recruiting, you know, med students and nursing students to go to go serve there um, right. could solve that problem. We actually don't have that problem in Philadelphia, both because we have a huge healthcare workforce, um, but also because people are just volunteering and showing up. Sure. Um, yeah. I've, I'm a volunteer with the Medical Reserve Corps. I was deployed to, to the convention center a couple of weeks ago. Um, you know, we, person power doesn't seem to be our shortfall. Okay. Right okay. now in Philly and in a lot of other places, it's just how many doses are arriving from, uh, you know, quote unquote, from the CDC. It's actually shipped right. directly from the manufacturers. But, you know, how many doses are arriving in jurisdiction each week? And now, one thing I will say um, that the Biden administration is really pushing for, and it's so important, is a predictable flow sure. of vaccine doses. Yep, exactly. So it's really hard to find out on Monday and then, like, 
vaccine doses arrive on Wednesday. You need a little bit more lead time. Allison, thanks very much for your time. Allison Buttenheim from the University of Pennsylvania. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.